Welcome to the Moving Beyond Your Tribe, where we dig deep on how to stand out from the crowd by building bridges and breaking free from the comfort zone of colloquialism, industrial language, and jargon to find new words, new thinking, and new approaches to ignite action, mobilize a wider network of ambassadors, create customer loyalty, even in a downturn, and build better internal culture. Hi, I'm your host, Torin. I'm bilingual and throughout my life have straddled two cultures, Norwegian and American. I've worked in 10 different industries spanning 25 countries. I have seen firsthand the power of diverse collaboration to create impact across cultures, countries, and the political divide. On this podcast, we will bring on notable leaders from all walks of life to teach us and provide us tools on how they have moved beyond their comfort zone and create amazing breakthroughs of profit, opportunities, and impact. Now let's get started. Welcome to the Moving Beyond Your Tribe. I am so excited to have Art Andres here. And how did we meet? Well, we were on a cold winter's night. We met at the Engenhus. And I was so intrigued by Engenhus because of Esther's passion. She's the one that's managing the hotel mm. and has a passion just expanded and really make it a profitable place for people that are pastors, people that are serving other people to have a place where they can relax. And so that evening, Art comes along. I can't remember who was with you that day. Well, we had Austin. Austin came. And so then they came yep. for dinner. We had some extra masala and we sat around the table and just talked. And what was so exciting was to see the connection, but also to see the servant heart of art. And I didn't realize, but he owns his own business and it's called Click It Social. And so what was exciting was to see the expertise. We had a conversation and just also your servant heart. So I just want to say welcome, Art. Well, yeah, I'm glad to be a part of your your tribe. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And and with moving beyond your tribe, you've lived through many tribes. You've had a life that's been up and down and challenging. And I don't know if you just want to tell a little bit about yourself. You've had this hugely successful business. You're taking map photos or like photos of inside of houses and suddenly got that going. You've put several offices around the country. How did this all get started, Art? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> It's been a God thing, 100%. God has made this happen. God has put together a, a sequence of events. Just God's handiwork in the grand symphony of life. God has put together a group of people, a circle of influence, folks that I've had the opportunity to, to work with, to serve, that have inspired me from uh, regular folks to to inspirational folks that they have a call on their life. You know, just God has really blessed me with just being around the right people. We've had, it wasn't always that way. It wasn't always that way. No. But, yeah. but the big news is, the big right. news is, is I believe that God allows not only us as a whole, mm -hmm. but in particular me has allowed me to go through just some rather incredible, yeah, some very trying times, some very hard, hard to manage, difficult to navigate moments where just life is, yeah, you're in a state of confusion. You don't know what to do. I mean, I've been there. I've been in the moments where wouldn't it just be better if, if I could just close my eyes and, and find myself somewhere else, 
<laughs> and I think you that's know, what your lesson is from, because where were you born? Well, my mother was 13 when she had me, and oh, wow. it was in Belleville, Illinois. And I found myself, as far back as I can remember, in a kid's home. One of my earliest memories was at a Salvation Army. Like, a, I don't know if it was a shelter, or I don't know what it was, but one of the earliest memories that I have was navigating up some stairs and going into this big, huge, gargantuous building and going into a room where there was an older adult and they turned the lights out and it, they played a game called flashlight tag. Your job was, as they shined the flashlight along the wall, your job was to stay out of the flashlight. And so, you know, one of my real early memories of, of being little bitty and young, that's probably the earliest memory of my life. But having been in foster care multiple And how times, many? I think that's what's really amazing. Yeah, 30 plus. I mean, it was, it was a crazy time. And, and then when I was 10, moving in and out of the children's home, I didn't have any identity, really. I didn't know. I didn't even understand me. <laughs> you know, when you're 10 years old, I think watching my little niece, <laughs> she's adorable, you know, watching her navigate life. She's got her friends, but she's got an unconditional assurance with her mom and her dad. And, and she knows that, that her mom and dad are there to love her, to take care of her. And she knows she's got crazy uncles like me. To, to do pretty much whatever she wants. <laughs> but she also has the grandparents too. But but that's, to me, looking at life, that's the cookie cutter. You grow up, you then become a teenager, you grow horns, and you figure out that, hey, you know what? I could do this life. Man, what in the world? And you, you, you learn bad habits, you get in trouble with your parents, and then you end up Ah oh, man, I want to be out on my own and life move on and college. And then next thing you know, you're learning lessons about your arrogance. And then, you know what? You, you find a career, hopefully, and you end up married and you end up having kids and the cycle starts over with your kids. So that's the typical cookie cutter in my, from where I understand. For me, it's not been a cookie cutter. I have truly had to make or break my life. Basically, I didn't trust anybody growing up, didn't trust a soul. I lived out of a suitcase pretty much. The parents that, that did adopt me, I have to tell you, they, they're exceptional people. I love them. But then getting in a situation where I had all of this baggage growing up, where I was dealing with coping mechanisms on how to how to handle things and events that occurred to me. And it was almost more than they could bear. So I ended up in a boarding school, lived there, went through eighth grade. And then, then I went from eighth grade to Cape Girardeau, Missouri, Cape Central High School. And I lived in a mental illness institution for young people in Cape Girardeau. But I went to the main, the main school in town and I just... I, I just, I, I knew there was something more for my life this whole time, and, and I wasn't going to accept defeat. The big part of this whole story, recognizing, I think the biggest thing for me was, has been never giving up. Just so no you had the seed hard, in you. 
You had the seed in you all this time that there was something more to life. And how did, where do you think you got that from? Was it just internally or where do you think that came from? Or was it just, you know, it's a fire. It was a fire. Like Mm. I, I liken it to a cold wintry night and the need for warmth and it begins to rain. You've got a little flicker of, of, of flame and a little bit of heat coming from the embers, but your 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 fear is it's going to rain harder and the fire is just going to go out. But no matter what, no matter what you do, even if the hair in your head becomes frozen by the sleet coming down, you are going to, at all costs, keep the flame burning, keep the heat coming, keep the radiance of warmth coming at least through your hands and the front part of your body. The rest of it, you know what? Hey, if it falls by the wayside, so be it. But I know that we're going to keep this flame alive. And that's that's been the testimony for me is that I just, I continued to have the flame lit. And by any cost, whatever you have to do in life, no matter what it throws at you, keep the flame burning, keep the light alive, keep it alive. Because the, the, the stronger that continues at some point, <laughs> the bondage of the enemy is going to break the binds of constraint, the, the spirit of rejection, the spirit of pain, the hurt, the wounds, all of that visual in your life just staring you down with the sleet and the snow and, oh, it's coming down harder. Oh, man. All of those things will break at some point. It has to, it, it can't go continuously it can't it has to end and that's where the victory's at if you can weather the storm if you can weather the storm and find yourself in a place where you're living in the light as the storm breaks you're able you're able to shake it off and go get a log and put it on the fire maybe another log maybe three or four of them dudes put them on the fire let the fire build and pretty soon it's going to get too hot mm-hmm. and that's really where we're at today god is just so good and and he's, he's allowed me specifically this is the crazier part of the story i am a firm believer that god allows us as as his children to go through it to live this life to live this life to experience hurt to fall and, and scrape our knees to fall and break our arm, to to experience rejection, to experience defeat, hurt. He allows us to go through these things. And then he also has angels in your lives. And I think that's what I love so much about the story you said was that you were homeless for a while. I was, man. That was crazy. After high school. So what happened after high school? You traveled to California? Is that? I actually joined the Navy. I got a waiver. I got through the, the process, despite the history. I had a really good ASFAB score, which was the entrance exam to get into the military. I was able to get a waiver, and I, I went to boot camp in San Diego and did quite well and enjoyed it. I enjoyed it immensely. There was a moment, though, towards the end of the training for the boot camp, where once you're done with boot camp, you go to what they called an A school where you learn your skill and your trade. Mine would have been aviation electronics. And I was looking forward to it, looking forward to it, man. But 
it happened. I mean, I, I admit it. I take full responsibility. We were doing what's called a PT exercise, physical training. There were some sit-ups, some chin-ups, some running and jogging involved. And I was much skinnier then. Yes, Torrid, I was. I'm telling you. (laughs) But anyway, man, too many donuts. I know. Donuts are good. Death by donut. Well, (laughs) there's worse ways to go out. So this company, Commander, I had just gotten the run done. This was an obstacle course piece. And as I walked past him, he smacked me on my back, backside, on the bottom, and he said, good job, Andres. It was a hard moment for me because growing up in that boarding school, I had a run-in with the priest, me and several other individuals that were there. It just, it, it triggered me. I never explained it to him. I, in fact, most of us had agreed that we weren't going to discuss Outside of the boarding school, what had happened, you know, in fact, I spent most of my life trying to evade any kind of conversation uh, about it. But this was God's way of forcing my hand to deal with it. Let me tell you, because second he did that, I just I found myself wrapped up and I turned around and I socked him one in the Navy or the military. Can't do that. They they wanted details. They wanted to know what the deal was. And since I had had a waiver to get in, it was pretty much I was done for. So they gave me 800 bucks. They said, hey, this is an entry-level separation. That's considered honorable, but we don't want nothing to do with it. So good luck to you. So, wow. yeah. So at that time, I called my adoptive parents and my mom said, here's the, you know, you're on your own. You're old enough now. Don't show up here. So yeah, I had 800 bucks. <laughs> this $800 did not last long in Southern California. Let me just tell you. So all I was ever used to was a hotel. So I went and stayed at a Holiday Inn, ran out of money. As soon as I ran out of money, I found myself trying to figure out where I was going to, and it was, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. It's actually pretty funny toward, I was, I was literally walking down um, Balboa Park and um, I thought, wait a minute, where am I going to sleep tonight? <laughs> and it was a thought I'd really kind of never experienced, but I was like, wait uh-huh. a minute, where am I going to sleep tonight? It perplexed me. So I ended up over at about Mission, Mission Beach, Mission Boulevard area. And I was in, in a coffee shop called Zanzibar's. The lady there was super cool. I still to this day don't know how they make any money because I never saw anybody pay for their coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I guess the bosses were sleeping on that deal. But I just walked out, you know, and I, I, they were closing. And I walked over to the beach and I saw these fire rings. And I thought, well, there it is. So I found myself a fire ring and I started a fire. And I slept on the beach. Wow. And I did it again the next night. And then I thought, wait a minute, this is crazy. Why don't I just go to the bars and find some drunk and maybe they'll let me sleep on their couch? <laughs> so I sure did. That's exactly what I done did. No way. Started crashing on couches until one morning. I woke up. 
I turn my head to the right, and I see this dude just staring at me. He looks at me. I look at him again. He says, um, excuse me, who the hell are you? I said, well, I was at the sand, the sand dollar with you guys last night. You said I could crash on your couch. He goes, oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Did you get some sleep? Yeah, man, thank you. He said, okay, cool. I'll get the hell out. <laughs> and that's, I got up, left, and I realized that, you know, drunk people sometimes don't remember what they did the night before. So I better be careful with that. So I just went to the safe spot and I just went back to the beach and the fire ring. <laughs> wow. But yeah, so that's, that's that. And, and, um, but then someone found you. Well, that's right. I, that's what uh-huh. I love. I love the oh. angels. I want us all to be more angels. I think what your story uh-huh. really reminds me of is we need to be more angels to other people. No doubt about it, man. My life completely changed. Did they just find you at the beach? Or if you could tell the story, that would be great. Just thinking about it just gets me because, you know, I had had a couple of Mormon missionaries about a week beforehand approach me down on the beach and, and they, uh, they, had, they had some water, you know, and a bag of chips. And I thought, you know, I'm kind of hungry. I kind of got interested in their story. But when the chips ran out, the water ran out, I wasn't all that excited. (laughs) But my life completely flipped upside down. I woke up one morning, and it was quite chilly. The fire, there were still some embers in there. But it was weird because I usually don't get up that early, you know, but this was right around when the sun was coming up kind of thing. I found myself with a lot of energy all of a sudden. So I sat up and I was looking around and um, I saw this, I saw this fella jogging along the waterline of the sand with two very attractive young women and they were running and I just followed my, my head looking at him. And when he got directly in line with me, like if you drew a straight line from me across the water, the second he got right next to me, he stopped like a ton of bricks looked over at me, smiling, and just started walking towards me as if he knew me. Wow. And both of his two daughters, those were his two of his three daughters. We, you'll find out in a minute. But he, uh, they kind of jog a little past him, and then they turn and follow him up. And so I'm sitting there, and he walks up to me, and he's like, hi, how are you doing? It's like, uh, well, I look around. I'm like, as good as can be expected. How are you doing? And he's like, you know, it is a good day. This is a great day that the Lord has made. Speaking of the Lord, do you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? And I said to him, I said, well, I'd be interested in hearing more about Jesus, but I'm, I'm kind of hungry, and Denny's is over here, and they got a deal on the All-Star Scramble. I'm a little hungry. I said, but I'll be happy to hear all about Jesus if, if you're buying breakfast. <laughs> And he bought you breakfast? He started laughing, and so he looked at his daughters and said, listen, go back to the hotel. Tell your mother that, uh, you know, I'm talking to a guy. And they they pretty much knew exactly what he was doing. And they're like, okay, Dad. So they went back to the hotel or wherever, you know. 
He's like, well, come on, let's go. Let's go get some breakfast. Well, I'll tell you, I was, I was definitely ready for that. So I hopped up and we went over and I, uh, the one thing I insisted on was that I, you know, rinse my hair off and kind of make it look more presentable. And so I went up to the, the shower on the side of the beach where they, where you can wash the sand off and whatnot. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was my shower facility. So. Wow. Rinsed my hair off and kind of did that deal and shook it off and we walked over and we go in the in the Denny's. We're sitting there, man. I felt like I was a king because I was definitely hungry. I wasn't just hungry; I was hungry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the fact of the matter was, man, the guy just smiled, man. Every word out of his mouth, he was smiling. Every moment in between words, he was smiling. He didn't judge me. There was no judgment. I told him what my deal was. I told him what's going on. I told him what had happened. And he just, he continually just, I don't know. It's like, it, it's almost like he was a bit familiar, you know, like, okay, yeah, no, that's, that adds up. No, that makes sense. I, I'd hear that from him, you know. And so we're sitting there, we're done eating. And we've been sitting there for a long time, like a long time. If I was the waitress there, I would not <laughs> have been happy. Let me just tell you. Wow. But, but we left, and then he invited me to go to their hotel. So we went to the hotel, and I met his wife. And his wife just, I smelled really bad. She just grabbed me and hugged me and just was like, she was just so... She just, the, the depth of, of their kindness, it, it, it rocked my world because the funnier part of the story is, you know, granted I was adopted and granted I, I, I had an adoptive mother, but for the first time in my life, having someone just, just grab me and just love me, you know, I mean, unconditional style, right? Like, I mean, there was, I mean, I was, I was raggedy. You know, and and the funny part of the story is, is that immediately she says, oh, you're staying with us. I was like, what? Yeah. With without any kind of missing a beat, they called in order to roll away and they put it in the in the in the room with the daughter. So what they had done was they had a room and a room with an adjoining door. Right. And they put the bed right inside the room that was where the daughters had slept. So when you okay. walked in, the daughters were over here. And I'm just like, I'm just like, man, this guy trusts me. Like, what? And his daughters were hot. Woo, they were good looking. And I just, I remember being young and going, man, like this. And I felt, honestly, truth be told, Torn, I, I, I remember being there just, and I was just like, man, I, I, I've got to show reverence and honor and, like I didn't want to do nothing to disrupt that because just the the synergistic feeling of love was just all over the place. And I had never experienced that depth, right? And right. so long story short, because I, I know there's a lot of questions you got, but the biggest kicker was the next day I woke up, the girls and the mom went down for breakfast. Well, back up a beat. Before I went to bed, the girls and the mom left. I don't know where they went, but 
that was the time I was able to get a shower and, you know, uh, get cleaned up. I do know that she had come upstairs with a pair of sweatpants and a t-shirt and some fresh socks. So I was able to, yeah, I was able to be in sweatpants, t-shirt, and I had a new pair of socks. I put my old shoes on. And so long story short, the next day, the first thing she says is, you know, when we went back down to breakfast to meet them, she goes, oh, you're coming with me. He had you all day yesterday. You're coming with me. So she took me to the store and she just, she started buying me clothes and she bought me, she got me haircut and, you know, she just. A real mother. Oh my gosh. Huh. A real mother. Huh? Like it was, it was just stupid. Like people were, and, and the part that got me, that rocked me, everywhere we went, I was no longer the homeless guy. I was I'm just a member. I, it looks like your son, ma'am. Like I, I, I felt when people were looking at me, the perception was, oh, they're just here on vacation, they're family. Okay, great. And I felt wow. a part of it. So it just, it moved me, let me tell you. Well, I started becoming friends with the daughters. And so we, we went to Universal City Walk. They took us, we went up to LA. We went to the beach. We did all this stuff. Well, in the end, the last day, and and to my, I'm I'm I'm. If you really sit back and think about this, you would know the worst fear that I had was when the vacation over, um. because the last day that they're going to be here at some point. There's going to be a conversation whereby, hey, it was fun. Maybe there's here's here's hundred bucks, here's five hundred bucks. We're going back to Arkansas. We'll see you later. Don't forget to write. Bye. And the and the fairy tale is over, right? Right. So this is where my mind was at. The 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 more the days passed. Sure enough, the last day they had promised their daughters a day at the beach. So we went down. The hotel was had a little lazy river. And you just walk over and you pass the little place with your wristband. And there were private little beach area with these little cabana hut things. And so the girls were like, all right, come on. So we were going to go down to the beach. The last day they were there. As I'm walking away, Mrs. Carr goes, no, 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 no. Girls, you go on. And, and my heart just, ugh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Here it is. It's upon us, Torn. This is where the this is where this fairy this fairy tale ends. The story is over. An amazing thing happened because I sat down at that little cabana thing by the pool where they were, and the girls jogged over to the beach. And I'm looking at them, I'm looking at her, and I I'm ready for it. I'm I've I've conditioned myself for it um but they asked me to sit down and talk about not letting the fire go out talk about things finally breaking well the storm broke that day the rain stopped falling he looked at her she looked at him she looks at him and says yeah i believe he's he's the one and he goes yeah i i'm i'm pretty excited about it and she tells me this she says, you probably won't ever forget today. I said, why is that? She said, because we were supposed to go to Virginia Beach. 
Now, listen to this, Tori. We were supposed to go to Virginia Beach. We planned the Virginia Beach trip a year ago. All I know is that we felt God calling our heart about six months ago to change our trip and go to San Diego. Wow. And furthermore, when we booked the reservations six months ago, now keep in mind, six months ago, I'm just getting to boot camp. So God knows what, what time it is. So what happens? She says to me, we purchased with our tickets a one-way ticket back because we knew we were bringing somebody back. And he chimed in and said, and we just remodeled the basement of our house to have an apartment because whoever was coming back was going to stay with us. God is my witness. I went, got on a plane with them. I flew back to Little Rock. I had a place to live. They paid for college. They got me off the street. I got a job working at a Papa John's in West Little Rock. Ha! By the way, 32 is the number of pepperoni slices that are supposed to go on your large pepperoni. Just to leave them <laughs> out of the gate. So if you, you, still, you, there, still, you still have contact with them? <laughs> All the time. Yep. In fact, here, you want to hear something crazy? What? So I ended up going to College of the Ozarks. Hard work you in Branson. I took a job in resort development in the company called Blue Green. I'm working their Bass Pro and Royal Caribbean lines and um, their marketing partnerships. Anyway, so I was moving all over the country to wrap this whole story up. I took that job and I ended up becoming their vice president of event marketing. They moved me around the country. I ended up in Vegas. I took a job because they wanted to relocate me and I was tired of moving. I took a job with a photographer for a test market for Google Maps. That's what I did. And we started doing the Sea Inside virtual tours. Those customers started asking me, hey, what do you know about websites? You guys work with Google Maps. Surely you can help us. What do you know about SEO? What do you know about social media? Anyway, these customers kept asking me that. I finally got smart, started clicking social. I hired experts in each of those fields and went out and bought about $65 in Craigslist furniture. And one of our customers had an office space at a dog agility training facility called Smarty Balls. John and Donna Foreman. And anyway, long story short, you're going to love this wrap up. So here we are. I'm in it five years. Uh, well, not now. I'm, I'm in it six years. But long story short, five years later, it's funny because Dr. Carr, the, the fellow from the beach, you're going to love this. He was the dean of the business school at the University of Arkansas at Little Rock. Wow. And with, a, with an emphasis on marketing. Oh, wow. So five years into Click It Social, I've got 22 employees now. We've opened a branch in Kansas City, which is where I am today. I had the opportunity and honor to fly Dr. Carr out to Vegas to see the house that he and his wife built. Yeah, I, I, I've, he did a, a, a total workup on the business model, gave me some very strong recommendations. Yeah, from a, from a uh, micro to macro kind of a mindset, teaching me some things. Our biggest customer is the government of Israel. Our smallest customer, well, not so small, is St. John's Press. 
<laughs> I'm sure you'll be hearing about that later. <laughs> but God just, I, I just have a joy. I, I'm a pep in my step. I'm on fire. I love to serve and help people. And that's, it's all rooted from just the commitment to not let the fire burn out. Mm. Don't let the fire go. Keep so how do you keep going. the fire burning when like, for, I think, I think it could be a really good advice for people that have gone through COVID. You're weary and tired. You have the lockdown. Some people probably don't have their businesses and you've been there just in a different, different scenario, but how did you keep the fire burning when you're at the beach by yourself, not had a shower? <laughs> how, did, how did you find, how did you keep the glow of the fire? What advice would you give someone if they're in that situation? Allow your focus points to be on everything other than the fire going out. Allow your body, your heart, your mind, your ears, your nose, your eyes, your touch. Allow all of the senses to be completely consumed by things that make you smile. Mm. The sun, a whale breaking in the distance out of the water, the smell of fresh bread from the factory or the French restaurant down the road, the beautiful women walking by. Keep your focus on things that appeal. Because if you find yourself for a moment focusing on the pain, the tragedy, the wounds, hurts, the damage, possibilities of being completely deprivated, if you let yourself be owned by that spirit, you'll get got. But if you don't want to get got, get connected with the joy in your life, no matter how small it is, whatever that joy is, Hmm. hold it. So the fire keeps burning with gratitude. Man, the fire keeps burning with smile, gratitude, and a recognition that, you know what? It's not that bad. Like, it could have been worse. I could have been homeless in the middle of, of, of Edmonton, Canada, <laughs> at 40 degrees below zero, <laughs> in my shorts and my Southern California T-shirt. Yeah. I could have been froze up. No, if there is ever a place to be homeless, let me tell you right now, San Diego, (laughs) believe it. Well, I I believe that I met a homeless person on the Jersey beach and he invited me to go on the train tracks with him to San Diego, California. (laughs) Mike, did you go? No, I did not. (laughs) Foreign. Uh, ah. no I had to be responsible but it was really funny he was like an older guy come with me to California I was like mm. I had a really good conversation with him because you know people that are homeless some things happen in life right and so that, you know that's what kind of happened you know what's funny and and I'll close with this because no matter how bad you think you got it somebody's got it worse I had a good friend of mine he was like man I lost my job so I got five grand in the bank I'm upset I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I'm hurting. I'm upset. By the way, Art, did I tell you I'm upset? So that's what I said to him. I said, well, I'll tell you what you do. Take $500 of that 5000 that you got and give it away. I totally agree. 
Totally agree. Five hundred dollars at your last five thousand, and here's what you need to do: you need to go downtown. In fact, I'll go with you. I'll bring my five hundred bucks. How about that? I said, let's the both of us go downtown, and we're going to go, and I'm going to walk you behind some buildings, and I'm going to introduce you to some people. They lost their jobs too, but you know what else? They lost their house. They lost their families. They lost themselves to mental illness. They got nothing. <laughs> and, and I don't know about you, but I'm sitting in your house right now. It's about 73 degrees. Outside, it's about 19. So let's go down there. Let's go down there. Did he go down there with you? And, and so we went down there. And the first thing he did was he's like, man, these guys, we got to give them some blankets or something. Well, let's go. So we went to Walmart and we got them people some blankets. Well, we can't just get them blankets. We got to get them something to drink. We got to give them something to eat. We got to do, we got to do, we got to do, we got to do. And when we were done with all the we got to do's, we found ourselves in a situation where, you know, my life ain't that bad. My life is not so terrible. And you know what else? Okay, fine. I got $4,500 in the bank now. Do you know what? I got my hands, got my breath. I got 73 degrees inside on a nice leather sofa with nice fuzzy frisee carpet beneath my toes. <laughs> who, who am I? How dare me? How dare I complain? When God's given me the inheritance of a thousand hills, and I lie, and I'm sitting here bitching and belly aching, you know what? I, I've got it so good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank for thank you for putting me in check. Because now I want to go back down there. I met that guy Stan tonight, and I gave him a blanket, and I gave him a sandwich, and I gave him something to drink. Stan Stan's a working man. That guy could be working. You know, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to I'm going to be a part of I'm going to be a part of something bigger than myself. And I'm going to help that guy. I'm going to get him off the street. I'm going to empower him. And you know what? If all of us could just do just that right there. How powerful would this world be if we could just love each other beyond ourselves? If we could find a place in our heart where we could focus our energy less about worrying about whether we have indoor plumbing and more about people having hope and opportunity. My life was completely changed and turned around. You know what? When there's somebody that needs something, maybe even Esther at the, at the bed and breakfast, she had a need. Now, does she have the life of comfort living? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, they got a budget for the best bacon on the planet, for God's sakes. They're not the best bacon. <laughs> they're not doing too bad. But they're at not. the end of the day, whether you are highfalutin, high society, or the lowest of lows, you still need a blessing. And Esther needed a blessing. You totally blessed us. You were and like I, a miracle. I, all you were such a miracle for us. All I want to do is bless people. That's it. Yeah, I but you did. I mean, that was, it was yeah. so uncanny because we were sitting there having our dinner and we we're going to be talking about how to help her with the uh, 
because I just felt inclined just like you. I, I really love her vision. And we sat there and we're going to spend the whole evening brainstorming about marketing and stuff. And then, and I'm not really a marketing person. I'm more of a promotional person, but I figured, well, at least I can support her, right? And figure, find something. And then what happens is you come in the door. And, and it was such a witness to me about, about how to be a gift to someone else. Like sometimes in life, we're given moments to give gifts. And I know you're absolutely right. Giving, even, even if you don't have the money, but if you give out of a sacrificial heart and you just give, it's 10 times returned to you, right? And I was, I was so blessed about seeing how you honored her and how we all were able to create this amazing, magical moment where she had right after that, I'm convinced after that, she got like two customers just from your help. And, and it just happened. It's flowing, you know, and it's so wonderful to see. Well, I will say this to you. God is my witness. Austin will tell you we weren't supposed to stay at that hotel that night. I had called that hotel bed and breakfast. No answer. I had already set up arrangements to stay at the Sheridan downtown. <laughs> When in the midst of doing that, my phone rang and it was Esther calling me back. Wow. And I just, I, I told us, I almost was like, well, no, yeah, better like next time. We're booking one over here to share that. I almost said that. But Austin wow. smacks me on the shoulder and he goes, dude, the Sheridan isn't going to give you a breakfast. This is a bed and breakfast. I said, well, hold on a minute. So I clicked back over to the Sheridan guy and I said, is breakfast included in our room? Well, no, that's another $14.95 per person. Ah. No, thank you. Click back over. Um, yeah, Esther will be there shortly. And that's what happened. God is my witness. No kidding. Ah, that's so funny. The boy loves breakfast. Yes, I know. Those are the best breakfast. But and to, uh, coming to a close, uh, when you look at your business, what is the advice you have for people like you, you kind of stumbled into it, but yet you made the most out of it. And what kind of uh, advice would you give for someone that's just starting out? If you're not in business to serve people, then you just don't need to be in business. That's my statement. What do I mean by that? The biggest, best, strongest, tangible asset that a business owner can have is their people. And if you, if your ministry isn't to serve those people and to serve the customers that you have, if you're not in the business of service, you shouldn't be in business. That's the advice I would tell somebody, regardless of how entrepreneurial you think you are at the end of the day, if your mindset isn't to give and to serve others, don't waste your time because here's why. There are so many digital marketing companies out there. There are so many bed and breakfasts in the area where Esther is. There are so many restaurants, bars, plumbers, heating and cooling companies. Why are you better than them? Why are you better than your competition? The reason you're better is because you have to be able to leave the impression in the mindsets of those that you do work for. And that impression is that you are the best. You are far superior than anything they could ever get outside of you. And the only way that works is through the giving spirit and the serving spirit. Let me tell you something. 
I'm not worried about the money. I'm worried. I want to make sure I leave a lasting sound impression on the customers that I service. Why? Because if they have the expectation and comfort in knowing that I'm bringing my very best to them at every level, I'll never lose that account. In fact, they'll tell six friends about me and their friends are going to experience this and they're going to tell six of their friends and soon it becomes contagious. Mm. But there is no vaccine for this COVID. There's no vaccine for this. Why is there no vaccine for this? Because nobody wants a vaccine for this. Everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to be thought of. Everybody wants to be serviced, served. Everybody wants their feet washed. They want to be loved. And when they get in an environment where they see smiles, service, kindness, patience, gentleness, when they experience those things about you and how your business is run and they see how the people that work on your behalf or with you, that that's their, their mindset as well, forget about it. The world, you've got a golden ticket to the ends of the earth. You got customers not, I've got, <laughs> the best problem I've ever had was when I had to look at somebody and say, let me hire some more staff because right now, if I hired you, I wouldn't be able to give you the same service. Or if I took you on, I wouldn't be able to give you the same service that I am these other other customers. So if you need services like ours right now, you're going to have to go somewhere else. Or if you can wait, I'm, I need to staff up. That's a good problem to have is a problem is I've got more business than I can handle. And I'll tell you straight up, God is good. I mean, we have had divine favor, man, divine favor. I've got, a, I've got customers wanting to invest. I've got one customer in particular in Phoenix that owns a gun range and she is nuts about click and social to the point that she's decided to open an office in Phoenix and put up the money to get it going. That is we have that experience all over the place. And it's just because all we want to do is love people. We want to bring our best to them. And that's what business owners, if you're going to be in business and you're not planning on being the best, do something else. Do something else. The world I, needs other, other things taken care of. Art, I could talk forever with you. This has been like the most beautiful podcast inspiring thank you so much i uh i'm really touched because you know the love that you were given you're giving tenfold back to other people and that's really beautiful i have to do that yeah but it's it's such a witness and it reminds us other people that wow we can give so much more of ourselves and um as a close uh what i always ask people is what is your life hack my life hack yeah wow <laughs> My life hack. I love unsweet iced tea. That's my life hack. Unsweetened iced tea? Absolutely. Not sweetened? <laughs> I just, I love, I love me some tea. You if love I me some tea? If I, if I need to think and focus, I need to find me some iced tea. Do you make it yourself? I can. I can. That's it. I can do that. But I, I'll tell you, the herbal teas, 
I like the unsweet flavored teas, you know, like that subtle raspberry or subtle mango flavor, you know. Uh, but yeah, life hack. Life hack, meaning what is a catalyst that exists in my life that makes life easier? And I would say black coffee and iced tea. I can get through my day with the two of those things and not bat an eye. I can, I can make it happen. But Torin, this has been a blast. I oh, it's been you. wonderful. And I would love to find it. Where can people find you? So click it social. Where is, so that's, is that the best place? Website? Are you anywhere Website, else? Website. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram. Please okay. feel free to go to Click It Social's Facebook page and like, share, follow. And we'll put the, put the links in the show notes so people can come to you that would be, for yeah. marketing. Yes. Yeah. And I'm so excited because you're going to help me out. So that's going to well, yeah, be a wonderful Let's talk journey. about that here in a minute, in fact. So yes. I'm going to close it out. Let's go. I'm going to close it out. But thank you so much. Indeed. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you happen to like this episode, please share with your friends. And if you're new, please pop on over to your favorite podcast app and subscribe. Leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you and how we can improve and make this better or how this has helped you. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode.